Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exists, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim, and I am the lead pastor at Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall Morton, the associate pastor at Memorial in Stratford. And we have with us a special guest, yeah, Nathan Clawson from London, All Ontario. That's right. That's right. Not the fancy London. Here's what you need to know. About. Boy, what? London's fancy. <laughs> Here's what you need to know about about Nate. Uh, Nathan desires more than anything in this world to be like me. Wow. Let me prove it. Let me prove it to you. Wow. Let me prove it to you. Nathan, what's the name of your son? Caleb. Yes. And you were previously pastoring in the NAB Eastern Association. Yeah, before you. And now you are, Nathan, <laughs> this is my spiel. <laughs> and now you are pastoring in the London District. Feb Church. Yeah, yeah. At a church. Wasn't I there before you too? At a church <laughs> previously pastored by. Oh, Dave. Dave Ingram. Yeah. Not, Not Ingram. Elliot. 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 Yeah. So, that's creepy. It is. It is creepy. But by my account, I think you're following me. But I think it's even creepier that you're able to do these things before I do them. That's a whole other level of stalking. Uh, it's just me mind reading. Uh, Tim's going. I, I better get there first. <laughs> Except I think, is your son older than mine? Mm, five. No, you named your kid after mine, too. <laughs> so it seems as though the tables have turned over here. Yeah. Creepy. Oh, this is Creepy, great. Creepy, man. This is great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's get some work done. Uh, we are reading a good chunk of Jeremiah. Yeah. And then, uh, so the back portion of Jeremiah, and then we're going to get into, uh, back into some Chronicles and some couple of Psalms there at the end. Uh, but the forest, gentlemen, the overarching thought that sort of sums up what we're reading today. How would you guide people in thinking this is, this is kind of what you're going to be looking at for the week's reading? Hmm. I can't remember what we decided on. So Tim, Dude. you're gonna have to tell me what you what you decided on because my my this, input was this rejected. is this is terrible radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's this fine. is this is started over again quality radio right here. No. So here's so so here's my thought on it. Okay. Here you uh, go. Which will then in turn become Marshall's thought on it. Um, <laughs> It, so was all, <laughs> it was already Nate's thought. Yeah, I'm learning lots <laughs> about of a year uh, ago. what's going on here. Welcome <laughs> to the inner workings <laughs> of Memorial Baptist Church. Uh, so so my thought on it is. What we're going to see is a lot of a lot of false prophet, mm-hmm. in contrast to the prophet of God, right. and uh, and so very much the sort of the testing of the spirits, sure. testing of the word. Not every, not every book on the Christian bookshelf is a Christian book. Amen. Even if the author says it is, <laughs> yes. even if the bookstore says it is, yeah. right? It doesn't matter. Whoa. And we, and we go have further with that one if you want. <laughs> and we have to test those words against the Word of God. Amen. And yeah. be obedient to the voice that is the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to I want to caveat that before we get into the trees. I want to caveat that to say, so many people assume that God has this secret will, right? And they're like, the God that I serve is a God of grace and mercy, and he has a very specific path that he keeps secret from me. I have to discern that path. 
and gotta crack and, the code, Tim. And if like it, God is like mean and right, like, and if I if I don't yeah. nail it, he hits me with that grace and mercy hammer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's just it's just so like, yes, God has a specific plan for Israel here, and He tells them, <laughs> yeah, very specifically. Yeah. It's not a secret. Numerous it's times. Not a secret. Numerous times. Yeah. Right, and, and through multiple people, it's not just like Jeremiah comes along, right? So, mm-hmm. all right, so there's that. The trees. Let's open up with uh, Jeremiah 23. Yeah. Mm. Like this week's reading kind of opens with a, a bit of a bang, right? Uh, we get into these these lying prophets, right, who are deceiving the people, who are coming up with with things, right? They're dreaming dreams and uh, and using those to encourage the people when they ought not to be encouraged. Yeah, <laughs> they're saying peace, yeah. peace when there is no peace. Yeah, that's what we talked about last week. Yeah. Well, in twenty-two, verse twenty-two, there he comes out. God comes out just right off the bat, and he says, uh, "But if they stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people." Right. And it's mm. just an amazing. <laughs> right. Mm. These people are talking the foolishness that they're talking yeah. because they never heard from me. Mm. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if they had, like, if they had followed after him, they w- it seems as though they would have had words to say from God. But they're obviously not even worshiping it as they should. Yeah, and to me, like you guys are way ahead of me. I had trouble getting past the first sentence. Mm. Oh, right? yeah. You're like, oh, let's let's open up the word. What, what are we going to do? Podcast. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastures, mm. declares the Lord. Mm. Mm-hmm. To a to a room of pastors, mm-hmm. man, yeah. the charge that we have, right? James tells us it's not given for everyone to teach. Mm. Right, we have a specific responsibility. We saw that thwarted last week, when they would say peace, peace when there's no peace, mm-hmm. and this week, he says, "My sheep are scattered and destroyed from the pasture that I set up for them." It sounds very much like the exile that's going to be happening, and he looks to the prophets and priests and says, "This is on you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is ultimately a contrast, even with the great shepherd, the good shepherd. Right. John talks about. Who gathers them. Who gathers. Goes and finds the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, so the it ends up, you read the, the 20, uh, 22. Yes, I'm ahead of you, remember? 23. <laughs> I'm, I'm up. I'm up with you now. You're just a faster reader than I am. 23. Uh, I am a God at hand, declares the Lord, Amen. and not a God far away. You said amen. I want you to reconcile this with Bette Midler from a distance. <laughs> what? You remember that song? Uh, not off the top of my head. With, you didn't talk about this from in the a distance. Yeah. So the whole song, the whole song is, and I've heard this song sung in church at, for special music. What? Because the word God is in it. But the whole song it was like this. Are you kidding? From, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding That's you. Terrible. The whole song is basically this. From a distance, everything seems to be hunky-dory, and God is watching us from a distance. And it's supposed to be like this emotional, uplifting kind of a song, which Mm. to me is just terrifying. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me that we're at each other's throats and God is clueless? Mm. God's like, no, it's all good here. No. Oh, he's well aware of what's going on. Yeah, Yeah. and he's like, no, there's no distance. Eh. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a God at hand. Mm -hmm. He's involved. He's imminent. I'm actually teaching on that with our youth today, so... Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. 
there's a huge aspect. You know, one of the things you, you, you try to teach your people when they're reading the Bible is, you know, how does God reveal himself uh, through these words that he's revealing in his work, right? And you go, like, there's a list, maybe five things you can learn just about God within those first two verses. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then 24, good figs, bad figs. Mm-hmm. Or as Nate thinks, all bad. <laughs> bad figs, worse figs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you put that on Nate, but I got to ask, have you ever been sitting there and thinking, I can go for a fig right now? Never. So <laughs> are dates dried figs? Is that what a date is? No, they're they're different. Oh, okay. Yeah, figs are from the Middle East. They're, but they're dates huge. Are, are we showing our ignorance? I don't know. I have dates all the time. If we had listeners, they would be going crazy I'm, right now. I think they're I us. think they're bigger. I think figs are bigger. Okay, okay. I think. But aren't they bigger because they're Wait, wait. Not someone dried. Google this quick. My my wife is so disappointed <laughs> in me right now. Both both <laughs> <I know. laughs> Both of our listeners are rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> All credibility about our teaching of the Word of God is now gone. That's right. That's right. Right. You don't know the difference between figs and dates. Yeah. Uh, not a portion of the no, word. Of, no. Not anything in the Word no, of God. Alex not. is signaling to us that they are not the same thing at all. So. I uh, see. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Nate. Did you Google that, Alex, or is that just? Oh yeah. yeah? Google okay. told us it was right. Google knows. Yeah. Google knows. Um. Twenty-five. Hmm. 70 years of captivity. 70 years of tap- captivity are coming. Mm-hmm. And y- one of the things that we like to point out is just the way the prophets word these things. Mm-hmm. How about this? Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath mm. and make all the nations whom I send you drink it. Amen. Well, you, you also got to hold it in contrast or con- uh, tension with verse 3, right? I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. Mm-hmm. Therefore, right. like mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, the Lord's wrath is not unprovoked, right? And he hasn't been giving them ample warnings. I mean, essentially, our reading this week is just warning after warning after warning. Yeah, so we've been we've been doing weeks and weeks of wrath now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, through this part of the reading. And this is the reason we have Nathan on. Uh, because Nathan has just preached through a series uh, on on the minor prophets, and and so th- what I wanted from Nathan was was some perspective on these things. Do we just look at them and say, "Whoa, hmm. that's bad for them," hmm. <laughs> or "Better you than me," <laughs> yeah. or you know, like to read it as just this sort of like biblical version of a Lord of the Rings kind of battle thing that's about to ensue, or are there opportunities for the modern church to take these words and apply them? Mm. That you preached on them leads me to believe that it wasn't story time with Nate, uh, but that you I'm have an awful storyteller. <laughs> but that you would have in these kinds of warnings. What do you do, Nathan, when you're bringing these warnings to the people to say this is the word of God and it is useful, as is all of Scripture, mm. and this is how we use it? What do we do with all of these warnings on Israel? Well, I think if we back up a little bit, I th- one of the things in preaching the Minor Prophets and even really the Old Testament that we have a hard time with is is holding things in intention, right? Um, and even as we just seen, even in verse 25, the gospel is presence, right? And there's a tension that often we so much focus on wrath 
and not hold it in tension with God's grace, which is really all out of his holiness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we when we go back and we view God as as who he is, he is a holy God we've sinned against, and we are deserving of, of his eternal wrath upon us in, in hell. Uh, but here God says persistently, I have sent people to you. Um, the outcome of you not listening is the punishment, which is his wrath being poured out. But I think when it comes to the church, ultimately, um, you know, Jesus talks about this too. If you love me, you'll obey me, right? The, the sign that in first John, the sign of, of being part of the people of God is that we desire to obey, not that we don't sin. Um, because we're saved by grace and not by works, but that we have a desire to obey. Here we see God's people with no desire at all to obey him whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a warning for us as a church as well. We see it even echoed in the churches in Revelation, where God warns the seven churches, well, six, really. The, only one was good. And, uh, and, and he says, you know, get your act together, or I will take away your lampstand. Mm-hmm. Right? That doesn't mean that his people will be completely eradicated. It just means that that specific group of people will be will cease to be the church. Right. So you can see the line up there of a God, even in the Old Testament, calling his people to obedience. I am holy. Be holy. Right. Leviticus. Peter quotes that again as well. And uh, and just calling us to obedience. Why? Because we're his people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I would go with tying it to the New Testament church. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's. That's fantastic. But I, I think, like you said, we have to hold the two intention. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times when these do make their way into sermons, uh, it's only the grace. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Right. We're like, let's grab Isaiah. We need to preach something from Isaiah. How about 53? <laughs> How about 11? <laughs> right. Let's just stick <laughs> with 11. First six chapters. 11, 53. Yeah. We'll do seven and nine at Christmas, but not all of it. Just, to, you know, yeah. like portions of a verse. And uh, and we'll move on from there yeah. and yeah. and let the rest of it just sort of go because we don't know exactly what to do with it. I uh, think in Jeremiah and even in the Minor Prophets, I just preached on Psalm 103 on Sunday, right? And there's this amazing tension, right? God will punish his people, but he will not always be angry towards them, mm. right? And the steadfast covenantal love of God will always be there. Mm. And that, that's, the, that's the tension. And to your point about take this, what is it, verse 15? cup of the wine of wrath (laughs) very poetic i love it right (laughs) right (laughs) not not you know well yeah and there's also (laughs) i don't i wouldn't love that to happen to me but you know uh but to your to your point you know um, we also have to be careful that not all suffering in our life is a response to our sin right right Mm -hmm. and i think that is a wrong road that we can often take here. James, again, talks about how suffering is go- used by God to to produce good things in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. And that's where we go to God and we ask the question, Yeah. God, to what degree is the suffering that I'm under a result of my sin that I need to repent of? Amen. Show that to me yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. And that which is not, I one thing that I, I stole it years ago and I, I say it all the time, Sometimes we live in a fallen world that has fallen on us. Mm. Sometimes the struggle that we have is a result of the fact that we live in a broken world mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily a direct result of our own sin. And if that is the case, show me that mm. uh, and allow God to speak to us in that. You're, you're talking about Israel not wanting to listen. This little bit, 23 through 25 that we've been reading is Jeremiah speaking. In 26, everyone hears what he has to say, and they're <laughs> like, to death. Yeah, kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Their yeah. response to this c- convicting message, to being called out for their sin and being warned of the consequences of their sin. They're like, we just, we don't want to hear that. We Shut him up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just, ca- let's cancel this dude. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not saying the things we want him to say. And, yeah. uh, but you know what I find interesting in the way that they want to go, the way that they go about this, it seems to me that they misunderstand prophecy in a way that a lot of churches today misunderstand prophecy. Okay. In that it seems to me that they seem to understand, I'm going to throw seem in there enough just so that I have plenty of disclaimer sure. for anyone who wants to listen and say, no, that's not right. Uh, what he says is what's going to be. Hmm. Not because it was already determined and he is letting you know, <laughs> but because he spoke it. Right. And a sort of words have power thing. Because he says it and everyone freaks out that he said it. Why would you say that? Mm-hmm. And we've got to stop him from saying these things because if he says them, they're going to happen. Mm. Um, rather than saying, this is what God's given you, right? Otherwise, if, if that was, if their concept of prophecy was true, they would say, this was going to take place whether he said it or not. He's just letting us know. Mm. But they seem to freak out that he says it. Yeah. And they want the yeah. talking to stop. And even in the warning, right? In, in, in chapter 26 and 13 jeremiah again says you know mend your ways obey uh god would relent from this disaster that he has pronounced against you right knowing that god knows the heart of these men and women and knows that they won't mm-hmm. it worked in nineveh it but not i love Israel. Nineveh. right like yeah. that is amazing what god does in those lives yeah. for one generation for one generation <laughs> um, right but god is still glorified mm-hmm. yeah uh, so marshall tell us the story of the yoke Okay, so God instructs Jeremiah to make this wooden yoke that he's going to carry over his shoulders. And so it's going to symbolize the yoke that God is going to be introducing to the nation of Israel through the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, through the Babylonian Empire. And essentially it's saying, put yourself under this yoke, Mm. submit to this invading kingdom because I'm the one who's sending them. Do that and things will be okay. (laughs) Right. If you don't, Things are going to be worse. Take your medicine. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be fun for you. Mm-hmm. But if you reject this correction, there's going to be something worse, right? It's like when mom and dad say, you know, here's your here's the consequence for whatever action you did, right? Like, right. Oh, now I've, I've given you this chore to do. Well, if you turn around and reject that, it's go- it's going to be worse for you, right? I mean, that seems kind of overly simplistic, but that's essentially what it is, right? And then, uh, but then we get Hananiah, you know, a false prophet. And he's, he takes it, he breaks, he says, no, 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 right? It's going to be all right. Yeah, Babylon's going to be done in two years. Peace, peace. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the greatest, the greatest empire the world has ever seen. Yeah, they're going to be gone in two years. Yeah. <laughs> and surely they're not going to carry away the implements of the temple. Yeah. Why would they do that? Well, <laughs> what was it, two times that they did, did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> one one more just for good measure. Yeah. <laughs> we took all the gold. Now we're going to take the bronze. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so uh, Jeremiah is alerted to the fact later on that Hananiah is a false prophet. So he comes back to him and he says, oh, you thought you thought that wooden yoke was heavy? No. Right. Prepare yourself for one of iron. Right. Right. And then Hananiah dies because that's what happens to false prophets sometimes. Yeah. He tells him. <laughs> he says, because of this, you're going to die. Yeah. And he does. And, uh, and everyone's like, well, we've got it's like this dueling prophets thing which mm. one of them is true mm. and then uh, Hananiah dies and everyone says oh yeah I still think Hananiah was <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> it's, it's just amazing how hard hearted 
we can be. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, because that sounds way better. That yeah. sounds way better than it just. It tickles my ears, right? Yeah. Uh, Spurgeon talks about the tickling of the ears in the, in mm. the pews. Well, if you want to make the jump to New Testament church, right? How often we want our ears to be tickled. Mm. Yeah. We'll gravitate to the good things rather than, oh, God, mm. he's all love. He would never, ever do that to us. Yeah. yeah and so, and so the, then the issue is what they need to do is not fight against invaders. Mm. They need to just surrender. Yeah. Their lives will be spared. This it's gonna get everything's gonna get destroyed. The land will have its Sabbath, which they have not given it. Nope. And mm-hmm. um and I will in time bring you back. Um this is the testing and fire, right? God says not all of you are my remnant, because I am holding for myself a remnant. There are the faithful. Mm-hmm. Not all of you are that, and I'm going to purify this place, mm-hmm. and we're going to start again with the remnant who mm. will be brought back. And, uh, you know, Peter talks about the purification of gold through fire and those kinds of things. These prophets seem to understand that they are not the gold right. and that the purification <laughs> through fire is going to have them burned. Mm. And so rather than going through the process, they say, everyone grab a fire extinguisher. Mm. Mm. Maybe, maybe we can squelch this. <laughs> it's uh, uh, when I was preaching through uh, the Minor Prophets, we just finished it up uh, before the summer started, like right in the middle of the pandemic, right? By the way, the graphic on that, yeah, is great for the Minor Prophets. Yeah, yes. Did you steal that or make it? Uh, I both. I stole it, and then I uh, I didn't steal it. I asked for permission. Okay. Folks. Um, <laughs> and then I I changed it. Because to have all of the minor prophets, not just it was just like six or something at the time. Mm. Mm. You can find that sermon series on YouTube. Nolwood you Baptist Church. Nolwood Baptist Church. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. No, you. No, no, no. You were talking about your preaching. <laughs> You're talking about it's your. It's also pre- conceited now. You're talking about your <laughs> preaching, and then I got bored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, wow. <laughs> and interrupted you. I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> let me let me teach you a few things, youngs. Uh, no, um. Just like you're preaching the sermon about all the suffering that the people of God will go through. And then even in some of the minor prophets, they're still continuing to suffer when they come back from exile. Mm-hmm. And you're going, look, and you're kind of like, we're in this pandemic and the church is struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And God is using that to refine his people, right? And it's just, uh, there are some amazing parallels that you can bring yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that we we hear everyone saying is, "I can't wait till things are back to normal." I don't what know if, if we grow? Happening. What if we grow from this and come back better than normal? Yeah, like I hear it's about not people, like it's not like normal was not without its problems. There's a there's a guy in our church who lost his job, right? And a uh, heartbreaking thing to lose your job. Um, still isn't back to work, but you know he's spending more time in the Word of God. And I went, "Oh, well, that's the payoff." Sure. I'll t- I think that's a yeah. good thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yolks established. Mm-hmm. False prophets die. Jeremiah writes a letter mm-hmm. to the exiles in Babylon, right? Tells them to plan to be there long term. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so funny. Hardness of heart, right? God's people's hardness of heart, God's faithfulness. Like, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then we get in this letter. What is often for many people their uh, their life verse? Yep. You, you see this on all sorts mm. of paraphernalia at the local Christian bookstore and plaques and baby dedication and posters. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh no! In college, 
Dr. Barker has a class on uh, biblical interpretation, I believe it was called. And he always gets people to do their life verses. Kids cry in that class because <laughs> he tears apart this poor, this poor verse. It's great. So the verse, so the verse in question, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then it kind of goes on. There's other really great stuff that's part of this good plan of God. But that's that's the that's the verse that you always see. Mm-hmm. So. so so give us the doc, Dr. Barker rundown. <laughs> <laughs> the context is always king. <laughs> right? Like what are like you look at this we just talked about it. Like think about all the things that God is going to bring his people through to mm-hmm. get to this good stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like Well, the verse before it says after the 70 years in Babylon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and 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 like I said, even in the minor prophets, we learn that even the uh, return of the exile is not pretty either. No. There's huge amounts of struggle, mm-hmm. right? And God's mm-hmm. using this to refine His people because we forget, like First Thessalonians four says, that it is God's will for us that we be sanctified, mm-hmm. and that we learn through James that sanctification happens through suffering, mm-hmm. right? To be more like Christ or to be more like God is to walk through suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you. So many times we we don't want to go through the seventy years. No, we just want to jump straight to the plans. And for me, mm-hmm. as a younger guy, I I hate waiting, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we we don't like suffering. We don't like any of these things. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use the term all the time the you know, the microwave generation, and yeah. I always like to point out that I don't even let the microwave go off. <laughs> you just like two or three seconds, just open the door and <laughs> I grab just hate it. That beat, it's, it's warm now. It's warm, <laughs> right? It's it's what, what's two enough. seconds yeah. gonna yeah, do? It's, it's it doesn't matter. Seconds, right. Just get yeah. it open. Because and we all know that when we warm up meat in the in the microwave, right? It just turns rubbery and yeah. awful <laughs> tasting. And never, oh, it's awful. Yeah. No, but I think I think what we all kind of need to understand and accept, right, is is the fact that these trials and tribulations and this testing and, and, and this and this exile in the case of of the of the Israelites. This is part of God's good plan. Mm. Like this is God's good plan is not in response to those things. Those things are included in the good plan of God. Right. And because the good is based on God, not upon what's yeah, happening right. to yeah, us. Not right. our definition of good sometimes. <laughs> it's not our idolatries. Yeah. Yes. Right. He doesn't say that I have a, a plan for you, you materialistic yeah. thing. Yeah. And that plan is to be the means by which you obtain your idols. Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything you guys want to grab from 30? 31? Going once? Going twice? Well, we just get we get a hint at what's coming in 31. Mm. Right? We get a hint about this restoration, right? That this is temporary, this this exile. Yeah, this like verse of, 18, right? Like, mm. thus says the Lord. I love it when they say, thus is, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started doing that when I read the passage when I'm preaching. It's so good. Mm. Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob, right? After this will happen, I will do it. See, what's what's amazing thing from this, if we're going to talk about trees and stuff, is like God is doing all of these things. Right. Mm. And he will punish over and over. I will do this. I will do this. And then when this is done, I will restore. I will restore. Mm. No aspect of the people's salvation is an act of their own. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing. True. It's true. Right. He's like, this is this is my plan. This is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be for your good and my glory. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah continues with these conversations. People continue not to like it. They can't kill him, so they throw him in a cistern. <laughs> they, first they throw him in prison, and then they yeah. throw him in a well, mm-hmm. and then they pull him out of a well with ropes. Yep. And just so that's not too uncomfortable, 
they line the ropes of clothing. There you go. A little yeah, detail, a nice little nugget of detail in there. And then uh, we start watching all of these things come to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and just to jump back very quickly, right? The end of 30, in the latter days, you will understand this. Mm-hmm. Right? So even in the current context, mm-hmm. and, and God starts to unfold things, right? They, they're not going to know why until later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then we have some uh, storyline in Chronicles. Yeah. And a couple psalms. Yeah. I mean, that those those passages just kind of give us a bit of the historical context of what's going on around what we've been reading in Jeremiah, right? The, what, what's happening like with this whole situation of Babylon? Because Babylon shows up multiple times. It's not like a one and done. They show up, they grab a bunch of people, take them home, mm-hmm. show up again, right? Like, so it's... <laughs> Load yeah. up the bus. Yeah, and they continually think in, in, in the, these kings, these wicked kings... Uh, of Judah continually think that they're going to be able to shake off the Babylonians, right? And they trust in Egypt, which was what we talked about last week too. They keep, tr- oh, Egypt's going to come, come back us up. And they're, that one they're told specifically, don't, don't go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Don't trust in Egypt. Don't like Egypt's not going to, not going to help you. And Egypt bails on them at when they, when they need them most. And th- and the thing that like Nate was saying, this is all the hand of God. The thing that these Kings of Judah never understand is that they're not fighting against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. They're fighting against God himself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And which is a, which is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, not a good idea. <laughs> no. You're not going to win. Perfect example. Right. <laughs> Jeremiah, yeah. Just don't. Just give up. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think ahead. this is where you can use the let go, let God cliche. Yeah, I think it fits. Uh, that might be the actual only appropriate. Stop, stop kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let go and let God punish you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's going to be good. Don't worry about it. It'll be it. good in the long yeah, run. It'll be yeah. good. Yeah, it hurts in the moment, but in the end. And we don't know. And I, and I love that about Jeremiah. Like he flat out says, you don't know. Like you, you're not going to be able to see the benefits or the joy of what your trials that you're walking through in the moment. You won't. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of it, you will be able to look back and be like, "Man, our God is good." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to. We can't. We can't circumvent the process. Mm. The process is the plan. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highlights, gentlemen. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad. I'm so, so rarely do I get the opportunity. Usually my highlights are like less theologically important than <laughs> Tim's and I kind of get called for it, but we oh. skipped over the new covenant, Jeremiah 31. Oh. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel Amen. and the house of Judah. I'm just going to read it. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. I love it. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, the first Baptist covenantalist. <laughs> That's like a mic drop. Just walk away after that, Boom. right? Like, um, yeah. yeah, a new covenant. Yeah, a n- new covenant. Yeah, covenant two point oh, not covenant one point two. We could emphasize the whole new part, but I just love the covenant part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's <laughs> good. Like, no, like, it's, it's good. so good. It's no, so it's, rich. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah, 
this is the promise. This is highlight the- for you, Nate. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, you know, I love what chapter am I in here? Here, Jeremiah thirty-one twenty. Is Ephraim my dear son? Like these rhetorical questions, right? Mm-hmm. Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. Mm. Right? Like, uh, so often when we're walking through suffering, if it is because of sin or not because of sin, who knows? We doubt that God loves us, mm-hmm. and we doubt that God has compassion for us, and that we just doubt all the time. But here God again is saying, look, I still, I still love you. Mm. Right. Even though I'm bringing you through this, I'm bringing you through this because I love you. Um, and uh, it's something the prosperity gospel cannot handle, mm-hmm. right? This is only what the true gospel can handle, mm. and uh, it's just an amazing thing that you see about the character of who our God is, and how we we just desperately need to be reminded of these things every day. Yeah, good stuff. It's an exegetical answer to the problem of evil. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Why do good things happen to good people, to God's people? Mm. Because God's refining them, mm-hmm. making them more like him for me i'm going to say psalm 74 uh mm-hmm. there was a it, the two psalms that we have in here are both laments and they ask some questions that when i first read them i just wanted to say are you kidding me <laughs> right they're like because because the psalms the psalms find themselves in in such a way that they're it almost as if they're saying like i didn't know this was coming mm. what's this all about mm. why would you do this and you just think it's been centuries that he's been telling them. In fact, Moses tells them in Deuteronomy, this is going to happen to you. You are not going to be obedient, and you're going to lose the land. Mm. Right? Yeah, it's written into the covenant. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Deuteronomy 30, yeah. And so now now everyone is, or the author of the Psalms is saying, what's going on here? Mm. Right. And so that threw me for a loop. And so I, uh, I cracked out the, uh, the Treasury of David, written by uh, Mr. Spurgeon. And this is what he has to say on it. He says, the inquiry of the text uh, is a faulty one, for it implies two mistakes. There are two questions which only emit a negative reply. Hath God cast away his people? No. And the other... Will the Lord cast them off forever? No. God is never weary of his people, so as to abhor them. And even when his anger is turned against them, it is but for a small moment, and with a view of their eternal good. Grief, in its distraction, asks strange questions and surmises impossible terrors. That they're asking these questions is just the expression of man and grief and not putting things together because of their pain. Mm. But trust, trust that God will carry you through. And these are things we like to share with people as they're going through pain. But gentlemen, we got to know these things before because in the moment, in the moment, statements like that can feel small. We have to lay a firm foundation of this truth Mm -hmm. uh, that carries us into and then out of those moments. Mm. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you next time. Take care. See you later.